Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise God, praise God. If you would grab your Bibles today and turn to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. We welcome you to the Anchor. If this is your first time here, we're so glad you're here. If you're watching by way of the web today, we welcome you as well. We pray the Lord blesses you right where you are. So many, so many amazing people would like to be here, but just uncertain times. We understand you're being safe, and we pray that you receive today from the word of the Lord and feel there what we feel here. God's doing great things in our lives. Can you say amen? In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, it says in verse 2, And all these blessings shall come on thee. And what? Overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. If you will listen to God's voice and obey his voice. He said all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. This is how I feel today. And this is what I'm going to preach. Would you show the slide? That's how I feel. You see that little guy up there? You see that tidal wave? That's overtaken right there. That's how I feel. And when I committed my life to the Lord years ago and said, all right, God, I'm going to go where you want me to go. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to say what you want me to say, and I'm going to be what you want me to be. And I committed my life to the Lord on my 16th birthday. I never thought it'd be this amazing. It's a good life living for the Lord. It is. It's the best life. I don't regret one day living this holiness life for Jesus Christ. It's a good life. It's the best life. And uh, I know it's probably, probably not good grammar, but this lady stood up in church one time and she testified. She said, he gets gooder and gooder as the days go by. And that's how I feel right now. Look at your neighbor and say, he gets gooder and gooder. Amen. You may be seated. Blessings, blessings. Somebody say blessings. Somebody once said they, they, they read a book in the Bible and they said, yeah, I read the book of Job. For all you theologians in the building, you know it's the book of Job. But this book, this book tells us, and uh, this book tells us about a man that was overtaken it starts out with the story saying that there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job and that man. He was perfect and upright and one that feared God and he eschewed evil. He, he hated evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses or donkeys and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. It, it describes his story in the, in the first three verses saying that he was blessed of the Lord. And uh, uh, he loved God. He had an altar before the Lord. He, he had committed his life to the Lord. They, they tell me that the book of Job is the oldest book of the Bible. 
And uh, you'll find, though, that something happens somewhere when the enemy sees the blessing on somebody's life. You know he always shows up. Adam and Eve in the garden, and they are in the paradise of paradise, and who shows up? That, that revelation says that old serpent, the devil, the devil, he shows up. You know what I've learned is the devil's never happy when I'm blessed. How I many know it's true? He can't stand to see a happy marriage. He can't stand to see a blessed family. He hates it when you're blessed. He doesn't want you to believe that you can be blessed. He wants you to, he wants you to think that you'll never have what you need or want, that you're less than, unworthy to ever obtain to. But the devil needs to, he needs to realize who I am. I'm not just a servant of God. I'm a son of God. I'm heir to him. He's the king. That makes me a king's kid. I'm spoiled. He has spoiled me. That's how I feel today. Now, the devil doesn't want me to live in the blessing of God. He wants me to live in the bondage of this world. He wants to take everything that God's given me and strip it from me. Jesus even defines the devil in John 10, 10. He said, he's a thief and he's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He defines the role of this uh, this evil that comes against us. Listen, I believe in God, I believe in angels, but I also believe there's a devil. I do believe in, 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 in the work of the enemy. I do believe every day I get up, he would like to destroy me. He would like to take from me. Jesus speaks of this. And Job, on this setting, you'll find that in his blessing, and he's got seven sons, three daughters. He's, he's got a great businesses. He's flourishing. He's, he's great. The hand of the Lord is obviously upon him. And then Satan shows up. And, and the Lord said to Satan, he, he makes this statement in verse, verse 7. He says, whence comest thou? And Satan answered, said, he said, uh, from going to and fro, in the earth and from walking up and down in it. The Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered Job? Let me just put it in an AKB version. Is that all right? That's Aaron Keith Bounds for those that missed it. He said, He loves me. He hates you. He loves my way. He despises your way. And uh, it's not exactly what he said, but that's how I see it. And he feareth God, in verse 8, and sheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Well, he, doth Job fear God for not? Then, then Job starts testifying of his life. You have to understand that not only does God know who you are, the enemy knows who you are. He sees the blessings in your life. He said, Hast thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is what? Increased in the land. He said, when I see that you've blessed him, you, the, the, the fruit of his life, the, the work that he does, I see, I see your hand in, and then not only did you bless it, you put a hedge around him, his home, everything he owns, and he said, it's protected. I, I can't get to it. Watch this. The devil understands who you are. That when you belong to God, you have to realize the devil understands he cannot get to you. Do you believe that? 
The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. Brooke, Sister Brooke, would you come and stand right here in the, in the middle and help me just for a minute? Matter of fact, stand over here. Uh, you, you represent today a, a child of God, a saint of God. Just stand right here in the middle. And uh, you represent a sheep. He's the shepherd. And he said, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. How many glad he restored you one day? You haven't always been this blessed. Come on, when you came to the anchor, when you came to God, when you gave your life somewhere to the Lord, you know what? Your life was a mess, but he put you back together. Aren't you glad God allowed you to get put back together? He restored my soul. Then it, then it goes down, almost changes tune, but it's, he leadeth me through the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Can I tell every saint of God, he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He will be with you even until the end of the world. And then, then, then something happens and Brother Trevor, uh, come, here and, come here and help me. He said, thy rod, Bryce, come up here and help me. Stand, stand to the right. Stay distance from her, but stand right there. And come on. The, he said, thy rod and thy staff. That's the rod and staff. Take your hands like this. He's on your right and he's on your left. He, he, goes, on, he goes on to say, come on, Brother Tyler, because I know you like to eat, praise God. <laughs> That's that gator in you, amen. Here, face this way. Or you can face her. Thou preparest the table before me. <laughs> Glory to God. In the presence of mine enemy. It doesn't mean food. It means negotiation. It really does. It's the table of negotiation of war that says, what are we going to get out of this? And I'm going to tell you right now, God gives you the authority to negotiate out of what you're going through. Don't let that trial be wasted. You say, I'm going to get something out of this. My faith is going to increase. Do you believe that? He goes on to say, and he goes on to say, my goodness, uh, 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 come here, Brother Mason. You and your dad, you and your dad, because these two are connected. You know, get, get over there, lock arm in arm with your daddy. Brother Mealy, and the Bible says that goodness and mercy shall follow. Come, come and get behind her. Goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me when? Because the Lord knew you're going to need mercy if you, he, he knows you're not him. He knows you're going to make mistakes. And he set this cushion in our life that when we're not thinking right and we go through bitter moments and we have things in our life that aren't right, he, he puts a cushion for us to fall into his mercy so we can have his goodness. What I'm saying is God's good to us when we don't deserve it. So let me just word it, word it this way. He didn't just give me mercy. He's given me grace. Grace is when God gives you something that you didn't earn and you do not deserve. Aren't you glad that God gave us grace? I'm more blessed than I should be. I should never have what I have. He's been better than me. Come on. I, I deserve the cross. I deserve to die. But he gave me his blessing. Somebody say amen. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. When? All the days of my life. When I got a bad attitude, when I'm in a good mood, and happy spring, everybody. It's spring. Amen. Winter, goodness and mercy is going to follow me. Then watch what happens. And then all of a sudden, come on. Uh, come up here, brother Peyton. Pull your sword out. Hold it up in the air. Hold it up in the air. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to draw the sword. But you gotta, oh, my land. Uh, there's this thing called coffee. It helps you help pastor in the mornings, all right? 
take, take this big walk, just take this walk around, you know, uh, walk around in a, around them a circle. You have to go around the aisle, come up those steps and go down these steps. The Bible says there's an angel encamped around there. Hey, no, not that far. Angel's not going to be that far away from him, praise God. He's closer than that. Go down that, that road right there and then come up these steps. That's it. The Bible says there's an angel encamped around them that fear him. Every day I live, God has given me my own bodyguard. Amen. It means walking in circles with the sword drawn. You study it and find it. You're also going to find, Zechariah says, he's put a wall of fire around them that fear him. Exodus 12 says, when he covers us in the blood, death can't get through the blood to get to it. It has to pass over you. So what I'm saying, and God stamps this sign on you that says private property, no trespassing. You can't touch what belongs to him. When God gives me something, he preserves it, he protects it, and he prospers it. That's what God does in my life. You're not going to the job by yourself. You're not going into the, come on, our kids aren't going to the school by themselves. There's an angel that's walking by my child. We're not going on vacation alone. The Lord said, I'm with you. I don't have to fear. I don't have to fret. God's going to take care of me. God's going to bless. Come on, clap your hands and say, God wants to bless my life. Why did Job go through what he went through if that's the case? I'm going to tell you why. Because God allows us to see in one snapshot of what happened because what happens in Job's life. It appears the hedge is lifted. It appears the hedge is lifted. Y'all walk over there, except you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I need to get better instruction. Y'all get out of the way. Amen. Now I know what's wrong with my preaching. I'm not just saying, you know, I got to do better on this. But look, all of a sudden it seems like Job's alone. You can, you can take his stuff, but you can't touch his body. And then one day, a servant comes running in. All the oxen were destroyed. Before he can get, I'm the only servant that lived to tell you. Before he could get it finished, and it, it, it comes up, all, all of a sudden it's like this, it's, and before he can get out, finish saying it, there's another one comes in. All the sheep were destroyed. I'm the only servant. Freaking, all the camels were destroyed. Another one comes in. All the camels. And then before he can get finished saying that, here comes somebody and says, you're not going to believe what happened. Job's already in shock. He, he's lost his businesses. He's lost his financial uh, uh, increases. Everything seems to, it, in a moment, then somebody comes and says, you're not going to believe what happened. All 10 of your kids were having a feast and the wind blew the house down and all 10 of your children are dead. And all of a sudden, what seems like this has now become this. It's dumb. What in the world's going on? What do I have lost? But for somehow, in one day, in one moment, listen, here's the narrative. What happens in one day when the devil gets involved? So you want to leave church, so you want to walk away from God. Because if I'm living for him, only if God lifts the hedge can something like that happen. And God shows in one moment what the devil wants to do to me, what he wants to do to my wife, and what he wants to do to my children. Ask anybody that's walked away from God if it was worth it. Never. Because you will always end up in desert places. But Galatians 6 tells me something. Come on, you ask somebody that walks away from Scripture, walks away from obeying God's Word. This is how they feel, alone, anxious. What am I going to do? Emotions are gone. Joy's no longer there. But you know what? 
It's not the end of the story for Job. There was something in Job that realizing that, see, see, people make mistakes and sometimes people, people walk away, but don't forget today that sometimes there was, there was something in their life that caused it. There was something that happened. They, it wasn't their intent to ever get there. They, they, they strayed away from the foe. They, they got lost in the mess. Something happened. And Galatians 6 verse 1 defines it like this. Let's look what it says. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. It wasn't Job's decision. It was a devil that got involved in this world. I can't, I can't answer God on why he allowed it, except God's about to prove something to every one of us. Sometimes in life, things happen. How many know that? And sometimes saints do not make good decisions. And with it, it seems like we're out in a desert withering away. You can't get access to anything. But listen to me. He said to the church, he said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Let me just give a term for that. Ye which can hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You that can hear the heartbeat of God. Those that understand the mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ye who are spiritual. What did he say? He said, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness considering thyself. It could have been me. It could have been me in the desert. It could have been me that was overtaken because of an offense. Something happened and I strayed away because somebody led me away. My own flesh led me away. And you find yourself, go over, go over here in the desert place. And when your knees, just put your knees on the altar. You seem like you put your knees on the altar and dust comes out of your feet. You find yourself broken and, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I feel like God's nowhere around. God doesn't hear my voice. Something's wrong in my life. I don't wanna live this way. My family tree is a withering away. Every blessing I have is withering away. But can I tell you, you've gotta read the end of the book of Job. You've gotta read the end of the book of Job. It's not over yet. Something inside of him that had a devil involved said, though the skin worms devour this body, yet in my flesh, I'm gonna see God. I know he's on the way. Come on, elbow your neighbor and say, God's not done with my story. Look at somebody beside you and say, the Lord's not done with my story. It's not over yet. I've been overtaken, but God gets the last word. I, if you're with your family, high five them and tell them God gets the last word. Not yet. You're in the desert place. You bend your knee. It looks, it seems hopeless, but there's something deep rooted in you that the devil forgot. The devil forgot. Not only, he, not only did God know who you are, the devil didn't realize what you knew about God. You know about God. It's when I looked in front of me and I couldn't find him behind me. It doesn't mean that he's not here because I know that my redeemer liveth. That's what Job said. Sister Judy, 17 years away from God, but I know that my redeemer liveth. Amen, came back to the Lord and God blessed her. Can I say to you, Brother John, away from the Lord, but came back. Is there anybody else in the building that can say, I was led away from God, but now I'm back in the fold. I was overtaken, but I'm about to be overtaken by God. I was in a desert. 
he starts proclaiming. You know what? The devil had to, had to run. You know why? Because Job in this world of chaos, he never stopped praising or believing. He said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Somebody shout, I know. I'm preaching to somebody that's went astray. I hear an old song in my head today. It goes something like this. Satan led my soul astray from the straight and narrow way, but to Jesus I did pray. He heard my prayer and he rescued me and now I'm free this very day. Satan, you don't get the last word. You don't get the last say. God's got mercy for me. There's a restoration from the shepherd. God's got a plan for my life. Job's praying. His wife turned on him. His, his, his curse God and die. His friend said, oh, you got sin. It's, it's all your fault. You, you, you got a secret that you're hiding. And they were wrong. And God showed up in a whirlwind. He came in. That meant the winds that were blowing a desert place in your life have just been met with winds of restoration coming to your life. That's why it's swirling in your life. Listen here, I'm telling somebody that went astray, God's gonna bless you more than you ever thought he'd bless you. Your end's gonna be greater than your beginning. That's what's about to happen in this church. I'm telling you, that's what's about to happen in this church. Come on, mom and daddy might have left you. I come to preach to you. Uncle and aunt might have left you. Your friends might have walked away from you. Maybe you had a spouse to leave you. But I come to tell you there's a God that'll never leave you. He's gonna come through for you. He's gonna take care of you. Woo, somebody shout amen. The Bible says, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one. And all of a sudden, God shows up in our world. Brother Mark Melick, I want you to come. Come, come over here for a second. And mercy shows up in your world through a preacher, through a friend, through a saint of God. It's called ministry. Ministry shows up in your world because when God starts moving, he always, how can you hear without a preacher? How can he preach except to be sent? Come on, God didn't call preachers just to be in the pulpit. He called us to go to desert places. He called us to go to dry places. He called us to go to places where people are shriveling up and saying it's not over yet. God's got a plan. Just because the prayer's not answered doesn't mean it's not gonna be answered. God is about to come through for you. The devil wanted him to die. Let me touch him. He said, you can touch his body, but you can't take his life. Boils on his body. Some believe it was cancer. I don't know. But what I know is that Job stayed pointed to the Lord, and God showed up. Come here, ministry. Ministry, Mark Melick. He comes in, amen, into your life, and he speaks through you. Listen, this is not just a pulpit. This is not just to preach some sermonette for Christianettes. This is a place where we come to hear what God is saying in our life where we are. Listen, I don't care how long you've been in a desert. It looks hopeless. It looks, I could take you to a verse where they were in a valley of dry bones where everything was gone. But God spoke to the preacher and said, can these bones live? And he said, thou knowest. God said, well, start speaking to the dry bones. And guess what? A mighty army got up out of that valley because if you'll believe the preaching of God, Come on, it's not over. If you've got a crisis in your life, it looks like hope is lost, let something stir down in your faith and say, God's about to bless me. I know what it looks like, but there's a blessing on the way. There's a promise coming down. And I can almost hear the word of the Lord come through him and saying, get up. You who are spiritual, this is what we do. Restore such a one. And he, 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 he is lifted up by mercy. He's lifted up by grace. And the devil stands back and watch a man that has lost everything. It seemed like everything has turned against him. And God shows up in his world and Job starts praying. He's, God makes a statement like this. Was Job, where were you? 
Where were you when I hung the moon, the sun, and the stars? Job, where were you? Let me tell you something, Job, it's not over. And, uh, and God starts speaking directly to Job. And Job, in chapter 42, verse 1 says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do every, everything. Somebody shout, God can do everything. He said, I can do everything. And that, and that no thought can be withholding from thee. You know everything. He said, who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? And, and goes on and, and, and makes this statement in verse 5. He said, I've heard of thee. Is there anybody here that needs a miracle? Come on. Is there anybody in the building that needs a miracle? Because the miracle is here. I said, the miracle is a building. You can leave out of this building and say, I just got my miracle. Is there anybody here that needs a blessing? You can walk out and say, I just got my blessing. I'm telling you, God has come to give. God has come to bless us. Church in a place where we check off the box. This is a place where we come to hear what he's going to do in our lives. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God wants to bless you. Ooh, I feel it right now. He said, I, hey, listen, if you didn't miracle, just raise your hand. You don't have to stand, just raise your hand. I act of faith all over this building. I want you to raise your hand if you need God to do something in your life and say, Lord, I, I believe that you can do everything. Would you just say, pray that prayer? I believe that you can do everything. It might be finances, it could be physical, it could be spiritual, emotional. God, I believe you can do everything. And I'm asking you, God, to give me that miracle. I'm asking you to do in my life what only you can do. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Watch what happens, Job. He said, I've heard of thee. You be seated. I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. He said, but now mine eye seeth thee. He said, what I got out of the devil attacking me, now I have seen God in my life. I'd only heard of him. But now I have seen him. I have seen the hand of God. I see this happen in my life. Watch what he says. Wherefore? He said, I abhor myself. Job even cursed the day that it was born. He did, but he never cursed God. The narrative is here. Watch what happens. He says, I abhor myself. I hate myself. I despise what's happened in my life. Everybody tell us my fault. Sometimes you make mistakes because the devil got involved. Come on now. I'm not justifying it. We've all sinned. I had a guy told me one time he had never sinned. I thought, you just did. And all liars shall have their part. None of us are perfect in the sense of every decision we've ever made in life. Isn't that right? But look what it says. He said, wherefore I pour myself and repent. Watch what he says. Throw that desert up there. He said, in dust and ashes. I'm in a desert now. But the story's not over. Look at your neighbor and say, the story's not over. And it says, and, and verse 10 of 42, it says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. It goes in verse 12, says, So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job. The latter end of Job. More than his beginning. Somebody shout, I'm going to end better. You might have made some mistakes in this room, but I'm going to end better. I said, I'm going to end better. I'm coming out of this thing and I'm going to be better off than I've ever been. Do you believe that? How many can say that? I'm better off than I've ever been. 
I've had some bad days, but I'm better off than I've ever been. God's going to take care of my family. God's going to take care of my marriage. Come on. It might seem like everything in your family's dried up, but don't you give up because the devil had a word. The devil had a plan, but God's about to come through because somebody prayed. And when you pray, there's about to be another overtaking. Come on. The devil overtook you, but there's about to be another overtaking. There's a tidal wave of the blessings of God that's about to come over. Every desert place is going to be healed. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you. I'm preaching to every single person in this building. There's not one person I'm not preaching to. We've all had some captivity, some issues. Can I get a witness? And look what it says. It says, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep. 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 she asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. I don't know how God can do everything he does, but before it's over with, what seemingly was dead is now alive. He's got seven sons, three daughters. He's got twice as much in his businesses than he ever had before because God understands what happens when the devil gets involved. But God said, if they'll just turn to me, if they'll just turn back to me, they'll give me their heart again. I'm gonna give them what seemingly the devil took away from them. Let me tell you something. That's what this city's about. It was a desert place. A desert place. Unemployment rates. Pregnancies out of wedlock, 64% divorce rate, one of the highest drug use per capita in the nation, chaos and confusion in the home. All of you know I love West Virginia. You know that. You can get the boy out of West Virginia, you just can't get West Virginia out of the boy. You can get me out of the hills, you just can't get the hills out of me. And I talk about West Virginia, and I love West Virginia. We got to go there a couple weeks ago. But don't ever think for a minute because I talk about my heritage and where I was born that I don't care about this place. God called me to this place. I've given 17 years of my life this month to this place. I have. I've been pastoring for 14 and a half years. I love this place. I don't like it when somebody speaks negative about Zanesville. I realize I gave some statistics because I do believe at one point it was a gate of hell. But is it possible God's going to take what was a gate of hell and turn it into a gate of heaven? Is it possible that statistics could change in a city that some would have considered a desert place? It was listed as one of the top 10 places not to raise your children. And it's demographic. I didn't move here for unemployment, for employment. I moved here because God called me here. And I fell in love with this city. If I could scoop Zanesville up, and that's a map of Zanesville, I would scoop it up and hug it because I pray for it. I seek God for it. I pray for faithless faceless people I've never met yet. I pray for fatherless children. I pray for or for people that I don't know that had babies out of wedlock and they're lost and need no direction. I said, God, bring them to the anchor. We, we will love them and help train up their children. We will find direction. We're praying. I just come to tell you, I love this city. Jesus led his disciples and 5,000 men, not counting women and children, out into a desert place and he sets them in a desert in grass. 
takes just a little bit what was given from a lunchbox from a boy, five loaves and two fishes, and he worked a miracle, and he fed hungry people. And I believe God sent me here because there's some hungry people that said, I need a miracle. I want to come out of the way I was raised. I want to come out of the life that I've lived. I don't want to be a drug addict anymore. I don't want to be lost. Can I preach to you? God's hand is upon this city. We can't have a preacher, a prophet come through here that he can't stop in the middle of his preaching and say, why is it being? I haven't felt an anointing on me like this in a long time. And he starts prophesying to this city. God's gonna multiply it. God's gonna bless it. You're not gonna hear this in the news, but did you know Zanesville last year had a negative unemployment rate? Hold on, let me explain that. You know what a negative unemployment rate is? That means there's more jobs than there are people. I believe God wants to raise up a place where people that need direction can come and find direction. Where at one point the devil was sending them out, but now we got a church where God's sending them out. He's impacting and he's blessing and he's healing. Hey, listen, I'll preach to you. I don't care how long you've had a drug addiction. It doesn't matter. He can set you free. I don't care how long you've been addicted to alcohol. He can set you free. I don't care how long you've been addicted to pills. He can set you free. Come on, jump to your feet and clap your hands and say, this is my city and God's gonna heal it. He's gonna heal this land. He's gonna heal this land. He's gonna heal my family. He's gonna heal my family. Somebody shout, he's gonna heal my family. Look at your neighbor and say, you're that close to a miracle. You may be seated. Just sit right there. I'm sorry you stood so long. Now you know how I feel when I preach. Just sit right there. Uh, and Brother Melik, you come back in a minute. Mercy lifts up. And the Bible says that his end was greater than his beginning. Listen, I don't care what you've done, where you've been, what you've said. Let the ending be, be, be greater than your beginning. Yeah. Hallelujah. A great revelation my wife got last year. She said, when God restores you, he's going to restore you greater than you were before you had, went into a fault. She said, because you failed in that condition. But God's going to give you a restoration that's stronger than your beginning. I just feel like telling somebody, in every area of your life, I'm going to be emotionally greater. I'm going to be spiritually greater. I'm going to be financially greater. I'm going to be more family-oriented greater. Everything in my world, I'm going to end greater than I was. The devil tried to take me out. But rejoice not against me, O mine enemies. For when I fall, I shall arise. I'm getting up. I'm telling somebody, get up. Get up out of that desert. Get up out of that chaos. Get up out of that mess. God's going to bless that Mary. He's going to do it. It's not over. I can jump right here because there's nobody in front of me and I don't have a mask on, but no spit, this is a spit section right here. He's not done. That's what I'm telling you. It's not over. God didn't bring you here to die. He brought you here to live. Zanesville's not going to be cursed. God is blessing this city. So Isaiah 35, watch what it says. I'm going to stay right here because I just want to stay right here. Isaiah 35, are you ready? Let's see what it says. The wilderness. And the solitary play. Let me just work this way. Zanesville. Zanesville. Solitary place. Shall be glad for them. And Zanesville. Shall rejoice. And blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly. And rejoice even with joy and singing. 
I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me. I can picture that, that faithful saint of God just. I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Did some other precious saints stand up on their feet and say, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Yes, and I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be and be glad in it. This is the day. My lands, I'm taking too long. I'll sing all day long. But guess what? I can rejoice in this day because he's designed it. He's got a plan for it. He's got a plan for me. My, he's got a plan for my family. Come on, leave today and say, quit listening to the devil. He's a liar. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done right here in this city. Do you believe it? Clap your hands if you believe that. I wish somebody would shout about it. Come on, that's the power of an amen. That's the power of a rejoicing. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. When we moved here, honey, we, pu we pushed education. We pushed certification. When I met with these young people, I said, you're, you're wonderfully made before God. You're valuable to the Lord. He loves you in your mess. I have torn $20 bills just a little bit and said it's, it was ripped, but it hasn't lost its value. Can I tell you, I don't care where you've been. I don't care how much you've lost. You have not lost value in the eyes of God. You still belong to him. You still belong. He's going Man, I don't know if I can preach it any better. I'm trying. But he wants to bless your life. Your failure is not final. Do you believe that? Somebody shout hallelujah. And Isaiah goes on and he makes this statement. Can I preach just a little bit longer? The old preacher said, I feel my help coming. And the other one said, I'm about to take my seat. And he wasn't telling the truth. You know, preachers have the longest five-minute ending services, don't they? Can I just have five more minutes? That means 25. Glory to God. Give me a few more minutes, will you? Watch what it says. It says, it shall blossom abundantly. Somebody shout here. Me. And rejoice even with, did you ever feel condemned like you can never recover? Then you, you turn around and look and say, look at everything God's done. Look at everything that he's done. Throw that picture up. I know I'm redundant here today. Here it comes. The devil can do everything he wants to do, but he can't stop it when somebody repents and gives their life to God. Abundance. Abundance is coming. Abundance is here. Do y'all feel what I feel? I feel the spirit of prophecy on me. Listen, I feel life coming. You can listen to the devil all day tell you how you're not worthy, you're not going to do it, God's, God, you're not good enough. Listen, God doesn't bless me because I'm good. God blesses me because he's good. He's good. I didn't deserve it anyhow. Hey, let's just knock this out of this room. Somewhere the devil lied to you and said you'd never be good enough. You're going to always have, hey, y'all be seated, y'all be seated. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling sorry for y'all, you're standing so long. Y'all going to have a seat, have a seat over there. Listen, I, I just feel to deal with something. Condemnation is not from the Lord. 
Romans 8, the Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them that to them that walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Everybody say no condemnation. I was on a, I was on a fast. You ever heard of fasting? <laughs> hey, listen, there was part of me on Friday that says, or Saturday, yeah, Friday, there was part of me that said, there's, an old, there's a song out there somewhere that says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Hey, when y'all got that text from pastor that said you can eat at five, you said, thank you, Jesus. I praise God. <laughs> I called out our meeting and he said, I thought we had to fast till Saturday. I said, you're welcome. Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, I got home at five o'clock. I almost cannonballed off the island right into the pizza box. Glory to God. <laughs> Fasting. There was a time in my life that, time in my life, if y'all don't feel rushed, I don't. Is that, is that okay? Yeah. Um, but, but there was a time in my life that I, I went on a fast. Brother Dean, I, I didn't keep it. I, I went, I cut it short for some reason. I don't remember what happened, but whether it was an accident or, you know, didn't finish it. But a voice spoke to me. It said, you will never be able to fast again because... You didn't keep your word on that fast. You're cursed. And no matter how hard you try, you will never fast again. I, I don't know if you've ever dealt with condemnation, but it's loud voice. You can say it's from the devil, or sometimes, sometimes it's from us. And I remember I go on the next fast. I try. I get like 23 in hours into a 24-hour fast, and I'd put a cert in my mouth. And I'd be like, and the voice would say to me, told you. I go another fast, 24-hour fast, and be 20-some hours into it and then reach and grab a Pepsi or something. Not thinking, not intentionally, not... The voice say, told you. I felt condemned. I thought I'd never be good enough. I could never lay that sacrifice before the Lord. Then all of a sudden, one day it hit me. That's not how God works. That's not God. His mercies are renewed every morning. God knew my intentions were pure. That's a lie from the enemy. I'm not going to live in that that I'll never be good enough. God never speaks that way. That's the devil speaking to me. And something come over me. You've overcome them little children. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I went on the longest fast I'd ever been on without food or water. And I said, take that devil. I am going to do something for God. God is going to bless me. I come to tell you, quit listening to the devil. He's lying to you. Don't you let the devil tell you the pastor doesn't care about you, that God doesn't. That's not true. But let me tell you, listen, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to tell God, I'm going to listen to the voice of God in my life. I'm going to listen to the voice of restoration, the voice of reason, the, the voice that God has put into my spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Now watch this. Everybody say blessing. You can be seated. He said, he said, the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. Isaiah 35 and 2. Honestly, just a few more minutes. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. God is going to allow us to minister in this city with excellence. Strengthen ye. Now watch how it turns. It says, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Hey, Zanesville, strengthen the weak. Confirm the feeble knees. 
He said, say to them that are of a fearful heart. How many ever been fearful? Be strong. Fear not. Why? Your God will come with vengeance and even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Everybody say he's going to save us. Verse 5 says, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Is it possible when we will preach what God says that God's going to start opening the eyes of people that's never seen the revelation of truth? Is it possible that one church can make a big difference? God said, Abraham, because you withheld nothing from me, he said, every family of the earth is going to be blessed because of you. Is it possible God can use one church to make a big difference? I'm telling you, when you study blessing, everybody say blessing. Blessing does not mean with just enough. I had just enough to pay my bills. I had just enough to get this done. I had just enough to do. That's not blessing. There's no such thing as a blessing of just enough. The psalmist said, my cup. Somebody shout, run it over. Oh, my goodness. When I get blessed, he's not opening a window to me. He's opening windows to us. God never just blesses you with enough. He's going to bless you with enough to bless somebody else that's not blessed. Do you hear what I'm saying? So if this is how much you need, God pours out this much more than you need so you can be a blessing to others. I'm so glad to tell you that God has blessed the Anchor Church in Zanesville. He has. He has. God's blessed us. Hey, listen, I believe God can bless a person in a family that can bless the entire family. Do you believe that? Watch this. Stay with me for a second. When God blesses a church, he doesn't just give enough for them to take care of what they need, just enough to pay our bills and things here. Uh Uh-uh. You know what this church has done? Last year in the midst of a pandemic, last year in the midst of a chaos, last year was seven Seven weeks of no church services. Last year, in a chaotic time, this church in 2020 gave $186,000 to missions. Blessed. We're blessed. I'm blessed. We don't believe God's just going to take care of me. He's going to give me enough to bless somebody else with. Listen, that's not all God's done here. We were able to launch a work. Now we have a work in Woodsfield. We purchased property and built a new church in McConnellsville right now. God is blessing us in a mighty way. Can you say amen and clap your hands? (laughs) Blessed. Listen, Zanesville, Zanesville Anchor, you're making a difference. And in our daughter works with, we have eight, eight churches in eight counties. Can I tell you right now that together we gave over $200,000 to missions and I think we ought to thank God for that all over this building. God has blessed us. We have enough musicians to send and help Daughter Works. We have Daughter Works that are dependent upon our finances to help them. We send musicians. We send teachers. We send preachers. We send out pastors. We sent somewhere between 20 and 30 tithe-paying members to help these churches. Why? Because when God blesses a place, he does something marvelous. Are you ready? Somebody shout, shout, Oasis. He said it this way. He said, then shall the lame man leap as an heart or deer. 
Verse six, and the tongue of the dumb sing. From the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. What was once a desert is now a gushing geyser of God's blessing flowing everywhere in this region. Let's stand our feet and clap our hands as I close today. Look at verse seven and read it with me. And the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds, with reeds and rushes. There's gonna be a blessing here that's gonna go in every direction. Restoring churches, starting new church plants, global works. God's doing something. He didn't just bless us to bless us. He blessed us to be a blessing and that's what blessing is. Why don't you lift your hand and say, I'm blessed. Go ahead and love the Lord all over this building. We are blessed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Man, I feel stirred in my soul. Listen, I speak to every single person in this building. Not one person is left out. God's not finished with your story. Before this is over with, your desert is going to become a pool where thirsty people come to drink out of your ministry, your calling, your destiny. You're going to sing. You're going to teach. You're going to lead. You're going to guide. And people that are dried and thirsty are going to come and feast out of you. Because God takes desert places and overtakes them in the blessing. Somebody say overtaken. How many want to be overtaken in the blessing? Come on, Zanesville. Listen, I can't, I love all of you. I'll never give up on any one of you. The hand of the Lord's upon your life. God believes in you. The hand of God, you young people, listen to me. There's a future in you. You're valuable to God. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. How many love our young people? Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.